Welcome to this week of the Family Brand Podcast. I have a really unique episode for you. This past weekend, I was with six of my, well, five of my old roommates. Um, We went to college together. And it had been in my mind that I wanted to do an episode like this about raising toddlers because my friend Shelby, um, she lives near me and she also has a podcast called From Another Mother. Shout out to Shelby. She's amazing. She had um, she had asked me, hey, can you do an episode about raising toddlers? And I can't remember exactly what she had said, but basically she said, you, you know, have raised toddlers. You're a little bit removed from that phase of life. Is there anything you could share that would benefit or help or support a mother in that phase? Because admittedly, I know that that phase can be super challenging and demanding. Um, And then when I was with these women, they're the most amazing and wonderful women and they have all raised children. I thought this would be a really cool episode. I'm going to make them record a podcast episode with me. So we got together. um, It wasn't really rehearsed or anything, but that's what I love about it. It's this isn't prescriptive. This isn't, oh, we're professional child psychologists or child therapists. Let us give you, you know, what we've what we know. It's, hey, we've raised babies, too. We've raised toddlers. We'd love to share with you our perspective. And so you'll probably hear things. Again, there's six different women. So there's going to be different perspectives and different ideas. You'll probably hear something that you love and you want to take with you. And you might hear something that doesn't resonate with you at all. So I think that's great. Take what you love and leave the rest. And I wouldn't want you to leave this episode feeling like you're failing as a mother or that you need to do more. You need to be better. That's not my intention with this episode at all. I want you to leave this episode feeling like hey, I just gained some valuable knowledge or information or just even I have a cheerleader in my corner who gave me a little bit of a little hype to to be the mother that I want to be and to continue, you know, at each each day um, ready for, you know, refreshed and ready to ready to bring my A game. And there's so many different perspectives. One of my roommates, she lived out of the country for a while while her, while her husband was in the army. Um, other of my roommates have been stay-at-home moms, and other of my roommates have worked full-time, you know, the whole time they've had children. So I love that there's so many unique and different perspectives, and I hope that there's something in this episode that that will resonate with you. And then the last thing I'll say is I'll provide a little bit of context. I re-listened to it after we recorded it, and I thought it might sound confusing how we are kind of trying to describe how we're all related or connected in this episode. So I lived in Gilbert, Arizona. And when it came time to graduate, I had always planned to go to Eastern Arizona College, which was a couple hours away uh, from my house. I planned to go with one of my cousins. However, she was a year older than me, and she got married before I graduated high school. And so I still wanted to go to this college, but I didn't have anyone to roommate. I didn't, or to be my roommate. I didn't know anyone that was going there. And so my cousin that had gotten married, she said, well, why don't you room with my other cousin on my mom's side who who's going to Eastern Arizona College. And I thought that sounded like a good idea. She had kind of talked her up. And so so that's what I did. So I ended up room rooming with her cousin Mary uh, Marley. And then Marley's cousin, Brittany, and then Marley's friend, Marianne. We were all roommates. And I met them the day I moved in. And it could have been a challenging experience, you know, to live with someone that you've never met before. But it turned out to be the most beautiful and wonderful experience. I, I truly do not think I could have picked better roommates for myself. And then so that we lived together the first year. And then our second year, 
at at school, we found a house that could hold a couple more girls, a couple more women. So Marley played volleyball. So we added two of her teammates to to our house. And I actually had known Crystal and Carla. I had known them when I was younger. We had gone to junior high together. I think we had, with Crystal, I played softball with her. So I did know them prior to going to EA. And anyway, I think you're going to love this episode. And I hope you leave feeling, again, really empowered and that you are exactly the parent that you're your child and toddler needs, and you can be the mother that you want to be. Hello, and welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. My name is Chris. I'm a husband, a father, and an entrepreneur. My name's Melissa, and I am a wife, mother, former nurse turned real estate investor. And we believe the greatest gift you can give your child is a last name that stands for something. Your last name is your family's brand. If you are a parent who wants to raise your child to know who they are, love who they are, and believe in who they are, this show is for you. We promise to bring you real and authentic conversations with parents and experts who are committed to making their family their life's most important work. This show will help you take a stand for your family and to raise your children by design, not default. Welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. Today is a podcast like no other this weekend in Utah with my old college roommates. So there's six of us and I'm already going to get emotional about it. (laughs) Just like, I was so blessed to have such beautiful, amazing roommates. I graduated from high school, moved to a little college a couple hours away from me. And I met my roommates the day I moved in. And I had the most amazing experience. They're such beautiful women. And um, yeah, I'm excited to share them. Here with you today. So we're here together for a weekend, and I had a woman who had asked me if I could do a podcast about raising toddlers. She's in the thick of raising a toddler, and she's like, "Can you do a podcast about raising toddlers? Like your perspective, you know, having older children now. Like, what would you do different? What have you learned?" And I thought, "Wow, I have six amazing women who have <laughs> blessed my life." I'm like, "What if we just did?" that podcast with these beautiful women, we can all share a small perspective of things we've learned along the way. So hopefully the audio turns out fine. We have a baby in the middle of us, so forgive any extra little noises, but I think you're going to really love this episode. So I guess I'll just start out, and some of this is going to be like really tactical advice. Some of it will probably be bigger picture. Some of it might just be about, you know, you as a mother in general, but again, I think it's all going to be wonderful. So I'll start out just, you mostly probably all know me, but I'm Melissa. I have five kids, ages six to 15. Tate will actually be 16 um, next month. And one like brief thought that I had that I would like to share about raising toddlers, something that really helped me, is giving them choices. So when Tate and Tanner were little, my two oldest, we, I went to this class called Love and Logic and I learned so much. But one like big takeaway I had from it that I felt kind of was a game changer for us um, when my kids were toddlers, especially, was giving them choices. And that would look something like, okay, do you want to get in the car right now? Or would you like to put your shoes on and then get in the car? So just giving choices as much as possible. And I felt like that really allowed my toddlers, especially because they're wanting to start exerting their own opinion and their own, you know, they just have their own ideas and ways they want to do things. And that starts really coming out when they're toddlers, but I feel like that gave them the opportunity to feel like they had some choice and some say in it. And, you know, when it's time to leave the park, do you want to leave the park in two minutes or three minutes? 
still kind of like within your boundaries as a parent, but they feel like they have a little say in it. So one small takeaway, I'm going to pass the phone to my next roommate. They're going to introduce themselves, um, how many kids they have, and yeah. Uh, hello, this is kind of cool. Um, my name's Crystal and was a roommate with Melissa. We knew each other in high school, but went to college together. Anyway, she's amazing. So good job listening to this podcast. I am a mother of five also, ages ranging from five to 12. And my takeaway would be, my advice would be something I wasn't good at, but I'm good at now is I've always worked either full-time or um, part-time my whole life. And something I wish I would have done better when my kids were toddlers was not worry about how messy the house was as much or all the things that I had to get done but was to sit down and really look them in the eyes and tell them I love them and give them that physical touch and not just going from one room to the next, but truly looking in their eyes and talking to them and touching them more. I did that great, but not good enough, in my opinion. So I've learned to do that a lot better. I uh, had somebody teach me a lesson about that the other day that you need to physically look at your kids and touch them and talk to them at least five times a day into their eyes to connect with your kids. And that really impacted me. So my takeaway is to don't stress too much about all that's going around you and take a deep breath and look at your kids and appreciate them for who they are and cut back some of the expectations because I live with high expectations of myself. So lower those expectations a little bit and just look at your kids more, tell them you love them more and try and enjoy the moments. That's my takeaway. Hi. I'm Brittany. Um, Melissa and I met in college, but I had actually seen her around a time or two at family events. My brother is married to her cousin. So I have five kids. They range from eight months to nine years old. And something kind of to piggyback on what Crystal was talking about with letting the house, like lowering your expectations with the house. My husband and I have talked about this often because if the house is messy, I'm grumpy. And that's really, really hard for me and really, really hard with toddlers. So a few things that I have learned to help me manage that part of my life so that I'm not so overwhelmed or not so grumpy with my kids is to simplify some things. Starting with the amount of clothes my kids have. Take it down to five or six shirts, like a couple pairs of jeans, some short. We live in Phoenix or Mesa, so more shorts than jeans, a pair of tennis shoes, a pair of church shoes, two church shirts, pair of church pants. Super simple so that the laundry doesn't just stack up and get out of control. You do have to do laundry more often, which with that I have found I'm a sorter. Not everybody sorts their laundry. Some people just say bag the sorting, put it in the wash. I'm a sorter still. And I found that if I sort at night, I take a few minutes after my kids are in bed, gather up all the laundry, sort it at night, put a load in the washer and set it to a timer so that when I wake up in the morning, my dryer or my washer just quit. And I have a load of laundry already done, ready to go in the dryer, and the next one ready to go. And that has saved my sanity so much. Like instead of trying to sort and get laundry gathered up while my kids are running amok, have it like literally two loads done before I start breakfast. Um, the other one is run my dishwasher every night. Um, whether it's full or not, I run it. So that in the morning, my eight-year-old daughter, it's part of her morning routine. She gets up and unloads the dishwasher because it's always clean. Sometimes there's three things in it, literally. It seems crazy, but we always start with an empty dishwasher so that our day doesn't pile up with dishes in the sink. Like it's already ready to load and go. 
The other thing is less toys even. I found it's less to dump, less to pick up. Like I've literally gone through my kids' rooms with trash bags, like when they go back to school, usually. <laughs> Not when they're home. And gathered up anything that's broken, anything that like hasn't really been played with. I've done a donate bag. I've done a trash bag. And it seems like kind of wasteful in some ways, but the less toys, the more they actually play. Like as crazy as that sounds. And that has simplified the mess in my house like so much more. Finding age-appropriate chores for them has helped. Bedtime, cutting down bedtime time. Um, I had a friend who suggested shoe plays, which I thought was genius, but we haven't actually implemented it. Our kids have like a pretty decent bedtime thing. But I learned this after that. I thought I would have gone this route had we not already established our bedtime. But she plays a song for each chore. So potty brush your teeth is one song. And that gives, it's two to three minutes. It gives the kids a time to take turns in and out of the bathroom to do their dilly-dally and get them in. When the next song comes on, then it's pajamas. And then when the next song comes on, it's time to gather for scriptures and prayers. And then everyone in bed. Trying to think what else. Doing, just doing those simple things at night has helped me to be more available to my kids to play with them. I'm not so overwhelmed with trying to do the daily chores. I feel like laundry and dishes are things that are necessities in our home and letting the other things go. But that's the way I've simplified getting the things that have to be done done and not feeling like my kids are just there running amok while I'm trying to run a home. I can also take the time to sit and read with them, to sit and play with them, because I feel like my things are not spiraling out of control. Hello, I am Marley. I was Melissa's roommate, luckily for a whole year and a semester. I was one of the, the longer roommates. That's great. And she actually has taught me quite a bit as well as she says that we have for Hertz. A wonderful friendship that goes both ways. I have six children. My oldest is 14. And that is, my youngest is two. And so I have four girls and two boys. So I have had a little bit of a mix. And I do know that boys and girls are a little bit different at the toddler age, I I feel like that's when the difference starts coming out in a boy and a girl as far as energy level sometimes. This is not always the case because I do have some high-energized girls, but boys are just a little different than girls, and so I've enjoyed having both. It's crazy even having six kids. I feel like I I still don't know, and I still did every kid a little bit differently. I don't know the the answers or the the secrets of having a perfect toddler. Um, some of them come with their own personalities. So I feel like I've had to make adjustments with each child. But overall, I remember my aunt actually, I don't know why I'm getting emotional about this either. I think it's just because my last one is two. And I'm right done with the toddler phase. It's just kind of sad to me. But I remember my aunt, Brittany's mother, actually telling me one time that some kids, yes, can naturally be a little more negative possibly or different things but she says I believe that the structure in the home can depend on the kids personalities and the consistency and the environment at home can really depend and and rub off on the way your child learns to handle situations and the way your child 
learns to react to different situations. And I also remember her saying that she believes that most kids, when they get grumpy and whiny, it's important for us parents to be patient. And most of the time it's because we deprived them with some sleep, whether we didn't put them to bed on time or we didn't put them down for a nap on time. And I think that's crucial in the toddler age is to make sure that we make sure that they do get the amount of sleep that they need so that we don't get angry at them for being irritable and grumpy because we are the same way. But it's not really their choice of when they go to bed. That's our responsibility as a parent to do that when they're that young. But the consistency in the home, you know, we aren't perfect at it. We love to travel. We love to do things. We have a big family. Um, People come over. So it's not like always the same exact time for bed. But we try to do it in a rough ballpark and try to have consistency and try to have a loving environment in the home as far as we need to make sure these kids feel loved and know that they're in a secure, loving place and never feel nervous or insecure or anything that they know that home is a place where they can feel love and feel peace and be themselves. And I think helping them learn how to react, we can do that through examples as far as how quick are we to react when they're grumpy and how quick are we to react when they do something wrong and how we react when they spill Cheerios all over the floor, is it a quick snap react or is it, oh, we all make mistakes. This is okay. Help me clean it up, you know, and and how we react can influence them um, really for the rest of their life. I feel like at that toddler age, it's easy to to learn that maybe this child is quick to anger or quick to different things. And we can try to control it at that age and teach them how to control it a little bit and steer them in the correct directions to where there is a little bit more loving consistency and just learning how to deal with situations and talking to them at their level, you know, sitting at the doctor's office in the waiting room is a long time or sitting in a church meeting or different things and maybe explaining why sometimes and, um, but practicing that kind of behavior so that they can learn how to react in situations and how to sit in a high chair um, at a restaurant. I remember one time my sister told me I, I didn't have kids at this time and my sister would make her son stay in the high chair the whole time they were having family dinner. And I remember thinking like, wow, he's done. Like get him out of his high chair and let him go play. And she was like, but if I do that, then at a restaurant, he's going to learn that when, when he's done, he can throw a fit and He wants out and he can't get out at a restaurant and run everywhere or at a wedding or different things. And so she was trying to teach him in the home where there was less judgment of crying or different things and and teaching, you know, that teaches him how to sit in the grocery cart and different things and not always being so quick to react and let them get their ways. Now, having said that, yes, was I perfect in that way? No, there was times when my kids wanted out and I would get them out and I was better with some than others depending on certain situations but I do think that it's important for us to teach habits and through consistency and teaching at home and that can help make your child feel secure and loved and make it easier as they continue to grow and make their choices on their own so that would be my little intake intake that possibly would make it easier for your child hello I'm Carla, and I've been privileged to know Melissa since junior high, so I think I've known her the longest, so I'll claim that. 
I have six kids, and they range from 2 to 12. And I think I have two thoughts, but one was I was living in Boston and I just had my first. And I remember talking to my sister-in-law and she's like, when does he go down for a nap? And I was like, I, what? I had never read any books. Like, I don't think I even asked anyone. I knew nothing. And I was just like looking at her like, so there's like a scheduled time in the morning. I was so out there. But she kind of looked at me like, okay, let's start from the basics with you. (laughs) But she gave me some wonderful advice that has shaped how I've just parented. She said, you know, everyone has all these opinions about, oh, I need to do this as a baby or this as a toddler or this, like these books say that to do this. She said, whatever you choose to do, just choose what works for you and stick to it. She said, be consistent with it and kids will thrive off of having a schedule and a consistency that you give to them. And so um, that has been a game changer for me, that just finding ways to say, you know, this is what I'm going to do, and then being consistent with it every day. And sometimes I think that we as adults aren't always consistent with our lives. And we're the ones that are dragging our kids like to this trip or this trip or this place, and which is fun and great. But a child is going to have a challenging time with all these changes and all these different places. But the more consistency we can give them, I think the better um, and smoother life will go. One day I was having this horrible day and I just was so frustrated. The kids, I mean, I wanted to just cry. So I called my mom and I started telling her about this horrible day and how I could just scream. And she just said on the other line, she's like, well, Carla did you teach them something? And I was like, that, I, I wanted to hang up that second. I'm like, did you even hear what I said? And she like chuckled on the, she loves just saying things that probably are maybe not the thing that I wanted to hear in the moment. So we laugh about that comment because I'm like, I mean, that was the last thing on my mind. No, I didn't teach my kid a thing. But I say that because like my two-year-old I have done this with all my kids, and I have found that once again, giving them a consistent habit and schedule to something. We start with letters. And so every day, like when they're really young, I'll say, hey, it's letter time. And we'll go over, like we'll take a pen and a paper, and we'll just sit there and we'll go over maybe the three letters they know and draw pictures to those letters. It takes about five minutes. But they get so excited and we even create a chart together. Like I'll draw a chart and they'll watch me and they'll watch me laminate it. And they're the process of this chart, this letter chart. So they get excited about this chart. And so we'll do that every day. So I'll say, okay, go make your bed. And they they understand these habits. They At a very young age, they can start doing these things. So you go make the bed with them. Then you say, okay, let's do letter time. And they get so excited. You sit down. I realize there are so many like videos, computer games or or whatnot that can teach them these things. But I feel like if you're allowing them to learn in a different environment than just technology, there is something to that. And the consistency of you sitting down and teaching them these basic things. And it does not have to be this overwhelming thing. It's like, let's learn these two letters today or let's just add one more today. What's this letter? And so if you do it every single day, slowly but surely they learn their letters. And then we move on to, okay, now it's time to read. And I have this little reading program that my 
grandpa did, but it's reading time. So we'll read two pages a day. And these pages are very small. So it's once again, like five minutes. But you see, if you give them these opportunities to consistently know, I'm going to do this with my mom and the habit forms. I mean, they're able to read before they go to kindergarten. And I'm not saying we need to do that. I, I, I actually could care less if they could read before kindergarten. It's more the consistency of, I know how to do something and sit down with my mom and work at something and she will help me learn how to focus on something. And I think there's a lot to that. So if you can find a way to bring in some teaching aspect, even on the days that we don't want to, but if you know, like we do this every day, a five minute lesson, or maybe it's a, a little music lesson, which we do too, but something where you're just sitting with them and teaching them a little principle Somehow you feel good about your day. Hi, I'm Marianne, and I was Melissa's, we actually shared a room that first semester. I had never met her. I knew Marley, and um, that's how I kind of got into the apartment. And so Melissa was like such a sweet surprise. I really do feel so lucky that we got to share a room. And these girls are so amazing. I wish I would have had this podcast when I was a new mom. But I have four kids. My oldest is almost 15, um, 13, 11, and 8. So my husband was in the Army, and so he was gone like pretty much half of the time when my kids were, you know, little and in the thick of toddlerhood. And when I was pregnant with my fourth, my husband was gone at a school for two months that I wasn't able to communicate with him at all. Like there was no even letters, which sometimes when he'd go, we would be able to write letters, but there was nothing. And this ended up taking a, a really big hit on my mental health. I think probably always, but especially like, I feel like from that point on, I just really s struggled with just depression or I was really hard on myself as a mom. I, I feel like I spent a lot of time just being really hard on myself and like I wasn't doing good enough. I mean, I do think we had routines and things, but a lot of times it was just exhausting and I just didn't even want to mother that day. <laughs> anyway, like I said, I spent a lot of time feeling I was failing. I just beat myself up a lot. And so what I've learned, though, as I've gotten older is just to give myself a lot of grace and to be kinder to myself um, and to realize that I really am exactly the mother my kids need, even with all of those imperfections, that they weren't intended to have a perfect mother. I think accepting that sometimes I am an amazing mom, like sometimes I'm just rocking it, right? And then sometimes I really am not. I fail and I kind of, you know, I suck <laughs> as a mom. And that's okay. I really, I, I feel like for me anyway, that that would have been good to recognize earlier on is that sometimes, awesome, sometimes I'm awesome, sometimes I'm not. And that's okay. You know, motherhood is a pretty thankless job a lot of times. Like you don't see the, the fruits of your labor immediately. And sometimes we're just wanting somebody to tell us, like validate, like, hey, you did so good today. Like I noticed you folded all of the laundry and that's really hard to do <laughs> sometimes. Like, and you just maybe want your husband to like be like, good job, babe. Like you killed it. But they don't always do that. And so doing that for yourself, being that cheerleader for yourself and even taking a minute like every day while you're brushing your teeth or whatever, and just being like, recognize whatever thing you did well that day. Like give yourself some validation or be like, hey, I noticed you really struggled today. Like the patience was not quite there. Like what's going on? What's going on, Marianne? 
you know, what are you needing? Either way, just saying like, I love you. I love you anyway. Like, even though you messed up today, it wasn't your best day. It's okay. Tomorrow's a new day. So I think just grace, motherhood. It is. It's hard. Just give yourself a lot of grace and be kind to yourself. Thank you <clears throat> to all my beautiful roommates. I'm so glad you <laughs> were able to hear from them today. And the last thing I'll leave you with is I hope that in all of this, I don't want anyone to leave this episode feeling like I need to do more. I need to be better. I love, I think Marianne put a beautiful bow on it. Like we gave you so many ideas of things you could do. I love what Carla said, like you got to find what works for you and then just stick to that and trust yourself that you're doing, you're doing what is best for your family and then letting all the rest go of what someone else is doing or what you could be doing. And then like Marianne said, like giving yourself grace and all of it, like you're doing so good. And this is, you know, parenting and motherhood can be so challenging, like yeah, I won't, I won't, you know, keep going with it, although I could, like, with a thought about how challenging it really can be, but you're doing so good, love your, continuing to love yourself, again, like Marianne said, and, and knowing that, that you're just the, the mother that your children, your toddlers need. Have a good week. Thank you so much for listening to the Family Brand Podcast. To say thank you, we have something really awesome we'd love to share with you. You know, we often hear from families who will tell us that they just feel so overwhelmed because of the demands that are placed on them. They feel like they're constantly being pulled in so many different directions and spread thin and they're spending time as a family, but they don't feel like it's quality time. They're not really connected and they wanna be more intentional. And we can certainly relate because we felt like that at one point in, in our family. And so we created a guide that allowed us to really be more confident around how we spend time as a family and what we say yes to and what we say no to. And it's just brought so much more peace into our home. It's made our lives so much more simple and we wanna share it with you. So if you go to familybrand.com, forward slash free, you can download the how to take back your family's time guide. And I can promise you it'll give you more confidence and more peace in your life than your family. One last thing, we feel so inspired when we hear from families that we are making a difference for them. We would love it if you would leave us a five-star rating and a review on the podcast so we can reach even more amazing families. We truly believe that the way we change the world is one family at a time.